This is Chad Harrison, and you're listening to Hope Alive, applying God's word to your daily life. Hi, this is Chad Harrison, and I am the teaching pastor of Lake Community Church and have been serving as a pastor for 25 years. I'm also a practicing attorney. This podcast is designed to help you study God's word and find God's will for your life. I pray in the name of Jesus right now that God would open up his word to you and allow you to see him and to know him and to know his will, that you might glorify him and that you might walk in faith and power each and every day, especially today in Jesus' name. Good morning and welcome to Lake Community Church's morning Bible study. We are in Genesis chapter 31, and we're going to run through some verses this morning, but we're going to be talking about a topic that I think is very important that we find here in this passage, and that is your past and your past chasing after you and how you deal with it and how that works itself out and how God handles things with that. And uh, I think it's a great, a great Bible study because uh, Jacob has taken his wife and his children and all that is his, and he's headed home. And he's doing that not on his own will, although I think he wanted to go home. He's doing it because God clearly came and told him to do it. And when God tells you to do something, I can't say this enough. When God tells you to do something, you ought to do it. One of the first Bible studies we've ever done, one of the first ideas I've ever given you is you have general revelation, which is God's revelation in his creation. He can clearly be seen in that which he created. You've got God's direct revelation, which is his son, Jesus Christ, and Jesus is the word of God. And so all of God's word, Jesus, and that is his direct revelation. He is fully revealing himself through Jesus Christ. And then you've got God's personal revelation to you. And what does that mean? That means all that God is, his general revelation and his direct revelation to you, uh, comes to bear on who you are. And he reveals what his purpose and his will is for your life. And that is your personal understanding and walking with God. And we've all been made priests before him. We're a kingdom of priests and we have access to him. I believe in the priesthood of the believer. And you've got to figure out you, you, one of the things about life is you got you to gotta become self-aware and figure out <clears throat> what you want to do. And I ask myself all the time, even though I'm almost 50 years old, I say, what am I going to do when I grow up? That, that question really means, what am I going to do when God reveals himself and his personal revelation to me? Next, what am I going to be doing down the road? And what I'm going to be doing down the road has been planned out. What God wants and desires for us has been at work. And when he tells me to do something, listen, as your pastor and your friend, as someone who wants you to know God and wants you to have all of God's very best, I would say do. And you say, well, that's not just, Chad, that's obvious advice. You know what? We're sheep, and sometimes we just need that obvious advice, don't we? Sometimes we need somebody to say, hey, what are you doing? And, and tell us the things that are just down home, personally obvious to us, and say, hey, is God telling you to do something? You ought to do it. And so many people don't do it. And the reason they don't do it is because they're afraid of their past and their past is keeping them from it. And that's what this Bible study is about. It said, and Laban was told on the third day that Jacob had fled. Now, remember, all the time I think of three, I think God sovereignly in control in his fullness and his Godhead. So obviously, Jacob fleeing was told to Laban 
at the right time when God planned for this. This whole process is a planned process by God. It's a planned process by God to take you where he wants you to be. And it's also a planned process by God to deliver you from your past. And God wants to deliver us from our past. God wants to bring us into the new day, the mercies that are new every morning, the goodness of his future for us. And in order for that to happen, he's got to break the chains of the past. He's got to break them off, and he's going to. And and so in God's timing, God made sure that Laban found out at the right time. And so it said he took his brethren with him, and that's the way the world is. They try to mount up and come after you, and that's okay. Your God's bigger than the world, <clears throat> and your past is not overcomable, is not unovercomable by God. And I know that can't be a word because it's too cumbersome to be a word, but it is today. He is, it's not over, unovercomable by God. God can overcome it all. And so he says, then he took his brethren with him and pursued him for seven days journey. Uh-oh, seven. I see seven. That's the number of fullness. And it's a journey. It's a path. So he's, so obviously, obviously Jacob has been fully completing the path that God has for him. He's doing what he ought to be doing. You can see the clear pictures here. You've got a path. You've got a seven-day path, a seven-day journey. That's a full journey. It's a complete journey. It's God's perfect plan for him. And Laban was told on the third day, meaning, meaning God revealed it to him in his fullness for his own purposes. And it said, and so he overtook him in the mountains of Gilead. And it's not in the valley. He overtook him while uh, Jacob is in the mountainous areas. He's in the areas of God's blessing. He's in the area of God's power. He's doing exactly what God's told him to do. He is fast after it, and he gets overtaken by Laban, his past. And Laban is his past. Laban Laban's the one he's labored for uh, 20 years, and he's become wealthy, and he's become a man with a family. And Laban has treated him and done him wrong. And, and so he catches up with him. And it says, but God had come to Laban, and notice how he calls him, Laban the Syrian. And this is one of the few places where this is used this way. He says he's not from God. And you quite clearly see that earlier when he says, I know that I've been blessed by your presence. And let me tell you something, the world is blessed by the presence of God's people. Common grace is in the world because we're in the world. Without us in the world, what you have is start reading chapter four of the book of the Revelation, and that's what you have. When God takes his people out of the world, that's what you have. And what that is, God's total judgment and his common grace is removed from the situation, the grace that God gives the world because we are in it, because God's people are in it, is removed. And so when you start reading chapter 24, chapter 4 of the book of the Revelation, all the way through, basically God at work in a world that does not have God's people. And so Laban is not from God. Laban has been successful and had a good life for 20 years because of God's people. And it may be a limited, it may be someone who's not the perfect picture of walking with God in the man, Jacob. Jacob, though, is one of God's people. It's quite clear in scripture that he is. And Jacob is seeking after God's will and God's plan for him now. And Laban, the Syrian, is coming after him. But notice, God said to Laban in a dream by night and said to him, 
Be careful that you speak to Jacob neither good nor bad. What that means is God's not going to allow the world to influence you, neither for the good nor the bad. Don't expect your past to help you. And let me tell you something. Do not expect your past to hurt you. I want you to hear me today. If you walk by faith and not by sight, you should expect your path not to your past not to help you because the things that you've done and the failures you've had and all those things, are they ever really helpful? No, not really. They're painful. They may teach us many things, but the truth is they're usually not very helpful. But let me tell you something else. Just because they're not helpful don't mean that they have to remain hurtful. And God's not in that business, and he ain't going to do it. And he's going to allow you to remember the lessons of the past, but he is a God who removes the pain of the past. He is a God that is at work. He is a God that is at the business of delivering you from who you used to be and who you, who you used to hang out with and the life that you used to live. And he is bringing you about to a good and a pleasant land, a great place of goodness and wonder and power. And so it says, so Laban overtook Jacob. Now Jacob had pitched his tent in the mountains. Notice, Jacob is in the middle of God's will, and he's in the middle of God's power and his blessing. That's in the mountains. That's where it's at. And he says, and Laban, his brethren, pitched in the mountains of Gilead. Notice, Laban is again riding his coattails, riding his spiritual coattails, and he's getting to pitch his tent in the mountains also. It said, and Laban said to Jacob, Jacob, what have you done? You have stolen away unknown to me and carried away my daughters like captives taken with the sword. Notice he's lied. He didn't, he didn't steal his daughters away. We've already seen the passage yesterday where they said, we got nothing with him. Let's go. Let's get going. They said, we're going to follow you, our husband. And so notice the past always lies to you about what you've done and who you are. They always even make it worse. Your past always makes it worse than it really is. And the truth is, and the truth is that, uh, sure, he took off. Sure, he left. Sure, he didn't tell them, tell Laban he was going. And the reason he didn't is because Laban is Laban. And why would I want to tell him? He's not been helpful or useful. And the truth is, he's been a thief and a liar to me. And so he left. He said, why did you flee away secretly and steal away from me and not tell me? For my, I might have sent you away with joy and song, with timbrel and heart. And by the way, the key word in that verse is, which means probably not, but I'm just telling you that way, that because I want you to see it the way I see it. He said, I, I, I might have thrown a party for you if you'd have told me, or I might not have. Remember, the promises of the world are illusory. That means they're an illusion and they're a lie. And the promises of the world cannot, should not ever get in the way of God's plans for you in the future. The lies of the past should not control the future God has for you today. If you are living in the lies of your past, if you are living in the lies of your past, you are limiting God's effectiveness due to your faith. I want you to hear me today. Do not live according to the lies of the past. You live according to the truths of God's word and the truth of God's revelation in his son. Quit living in the past, okay? Quit worrying about the past. In fact, take the lessons and the things God has shown you and the things God has done for you, make standing stones of remembrance of those, and then throw the rest away. And I can't say it enough. Throw it away. Get rid of it. It's not helping you. And just because the past wants to lie to you about how good it was and how bad you were, okay. That's the way it's always been.
Get rid of it. Chunk it. Throw it. Punt it. He says, he says, why did you flee away secretly? And he said, I might even had a song and a timbrel and a harp. And you did not allow me to kiss my sons and daughters. Now you've done foolishly in so doing. And notice he ain't doing exactly what God told him to do. There's a cost for that for the world. Because remember, they're under God's authority also. They may not be God's people. And they may not be in the middle of God's plan. But they are under his authority because he's sovereign over all things. He said, it is my power to do you harm, but God of your father spoke to me last night. What he's saying is, I came to do you harm, but your God told me not to, so I'm afraid of him and I ain't going to do it. <laughs> and you remember that. I want to point to you this morning on that camera, you remember that. I want you to hear me this morning. He, Your past has no power over you. Your past has no control over you. God's in control of your future, not your past. He says, he says, I came to do you harm, but God told me I couldn't. He shut, didn't he? That's a southern word for you who are listening all over the world. He show did, didn't he? Means he did tell you that. And you can't touch me. Nanny, nanny, boo. Just saying. It's my power to do you harm, but God, your father has spoke to me last night saying, be careful that you speak to Jacob neither good nor bad. And now you have surely gone because you greatly long for your father's house, but why did you steal my God? Now, Jacob didn't steal his gods, but they're going to trump up a charge against him. Actually, it's Rachel, and we're going to have to deal with that down the road. But remember, your past always tries to trump up a charge against you too, by the way. Always tries to drag you back by some loophole in the system. And don't let it. Don't let the loopholes in the system. You are not controlled by the loopholes in the system. By the way, you're not controlled by the system at all. I think I'm getting on a high horse here too much. But you're not controlled by the system at all. You are beyond the system. You're under the control of God's plans and God's systems. And a boldness in that is, is evidence of a great faith in that. And a great faith in that is overcoming all those things. And boy, I can't say it enough to you. A great faith in that overcomes all those things. You are not you are not bound by the systems of this world. You are under God's plan and God's control. Now, God's got you here to change this world. We're not to we're not to flaunt our authority. We're not to we're not to use our freedom to other people's detriment, but we are free and those who the spirit has set free are free indeed. And so he said he said, "With whomever you find your gods, do not let him live." In the presence of our brethren, identify what I have yours and take it, take it with you. For Jacob did not know that Rachel had stolen them. He said, he said, he said, I left because you weren't going to let me go. That's what he says in verse 31. He says, then Jacob answered and said to Laban, because I was afraid. For I said, perhaps you would take your daughters from me by force. He says, I, I left because I didn't know what you were going to do. And the truth is, I just did what God told me to do. I don't really care what you say. He said, if you find the gods with somebody, kill them. He didn't know that Rachel had stolen. And so it said, and when Laban went into Jacob's tent, into Leah's tent, and into the two maids' tent, but he did not find them. He went out of Leah's tent and entered Rachel's tent. Now Rachel had taken the household idols and put them in the camel saddle and sat on them. And Laban searched all about the tent, but did not find them. 
And he said to her, and she said to her father, let it not displease my Lord that I cannot rise before you for the manner of a woman is with me, meaning it's her time of the month. And he searched, but did not find the household items, idols. And it says, then Jacob was angry and rebuked Laban. Now notice there is some treachery going on. And by the way, when you chase after God and chase after God's will, it doesn't mean it's going to happen perfectly. And a lot of times the people that you take with you are the ones that hold you back the most. But remember, you're supposed to take the ones that God has told you to take with you. And that's definitely your family. Okay. And Jacob is at no fault for Rachel stealing the household idols. He has no fault in the matter. And he should have taken Rachel with him because she's his wife. And that's one of the promises God has for us. That's one of the things God has for us in the way we walk and who we are. And so Jacob said, you ain't found anything. And he rebuked Laban. And Jacob answered and said to Laban, what is my trespass? What is my sin that you have hotly pursued me? He's saying, you got no reason to come after me. Although if you've searched all my things, what part of your household things have you found? Set it here before my brethren and your brethren that we may that they may judge between us. And he says, these 20 years, he says, I have been with you. Your ewes and your female goats have not miscarried. They're young, and I have not eaten the rams of your flock. That which was torn by beast I did not bring to you. I bore the loss of it. You acquired it from my hand, whether, I, whether stolen by day or stolen by night. There I was. In the day, the drought consumed me, and in the frost by night, and my sleep departed from my eyes. Thus I have been in your house 20 years. I served you 14 years for your two daughters and six years for your flocks, and you have ch changed my wages 10 times. Unless the God of my father, the God of Abraham, and, and the fear of Isaac had been with me, surely now you would have sent me away empty-handed. What he's saying is, if God hadn't taken care of me, I would have spent all that time and I would have wasted it. He said, I served you and I did right by you. And now God's told me to go. And if God hadn't been with me, you would have stolen everything I had and sent me off empty handed. And let me tell you, I've been in that situation where somebody tried to steal everything I had and send me off empty handed. I've been in that situation a couple of times. And let me tell you something. I didn't leave empty handed because the things I was and the things I am today are based off of that. And you know what? Those folks are the ones that lost, not me, not me. I have, I, God has always promoted me to the next situation. God has always taken care of me when I have trusted him and gone where I was supposed to go. And let me tell you something. The days I live in today are better than any days they were before because I trust God. And I know that. Um, one of my former pastors sat down with me and he said, Chad, the 20s are horrible. They're terrible. They're tough. And the 30s are just as difficult because your children are getting older. And, and uh, then you've got to deal with all things, all those things. And then your 40s, they're older teenagers and, and sure is better than your 30s. And he said, your 50s are way better than your 40s. And then your 60s are just tremendous compared to your 50s. And why? Because the farther you walk with God and the more God has for you, the greater the days are ahead. And let me tell you something. The world can try to steal all it wants from you, but it can't steal what God's done for you and done in you and done through you. And the truth is God can provide back to you 10 times what the world tries to steal from you. And you ought to know that. And I'm telling you that today. I'm telling you that today because God is a God who takes care of his people. 
And he said, unless the God of my father, the God of Abraham and the fear of Isaac had been with me, surely now you have sent me away empty-handed. God has seen my affliction and the labor of my hands and rebuked you last night. What he said is, God told you to keep your hands off me, so get. That's another Southern phrase, get. It's not really a phrase, it's a word. But if it's said, it's got multiple syllables, and it means get out of here. Or get. That's what you need to tell your past. You need to tell your past to get out of here. Get out of my face. Leave me alone. I'm chasing after God. He's mine. I'm his. Is that how you say it? Hope it is. I have high expectations that that will be what it is for you. God's a loving God. God's a God of power, and he's also a God of order. And he has an orderly plan for you. And he has an orderly withdrawal from you, from your past. And it's going to be a withdrawal where you get to keep everything that he has for you in it and then bless you abundantly as you walk in his future with him. And I pray that you'll have that, and I expect that you will. Not only that I expect that you will, God promises that you will, and you are. As you go today, I pray that the Lord will bless you and keep you, that he'll make his face to shine upon you, and that he will give you hope and peace today in Jesus' name.